It's time for ROTD Weekend. Today, I am delighted to be talking with the ever-hilarious Heather Johnson, thefoodhussy.com, who has her new book, The I Love My Air Fryer Cooking for One Recipe Book, out now. It's getting great ratings on Amazon. I have seen her all over the media. She is rocking this one, and the book is fantastic. I had it in my hands while we were talking. Beautiful book. Lots of great ideas. You've got to hear our conversation. But before I share that with you, I want to tell you about something really amazing that I have discovered lately. I'm going to be editing some of the recipes on my sites to incorporate this as I test them. And you're probably going to hear me talking about it in some of the daily recipes when it makes sense. It is an incredible instant pot tip. So the backstory on this is that I have a recipe on Cook the Story for an instant pot pork loin roast, not a pork tenderloin, pork loin roast, about three to four pounds. And I've tested this several times as actual like recipe testing, but also just because I make it for my family for dinner. So I've done this recipe many times, but it weirdly gets a lot of different comments on Cook the Story. Some people love it. They say it's perfect. It's juicy. It's flavorful. Some people say it's overcooked and some people say it's raw in the middle or totally undercooked. And this was super perplexing. Like what is going on? I wondered if some people were actually cooking pork tenderloin. I wondered if some were having bigger rows. And you know, like the pork loin isn't exactly a standard size. It can be different thicknesses, different lengths. You sometimes see them kind of more like narrow and long, not as narrow as a pork tenderloin, but like a narrow loin. And sometimes they're a little more like smooshed and sort of flatter and wider. So I thought it was something to do with that. And it probably is. But I have found a brilliant solution to the problem. So I was searching the internet for different recipes for pork loin in the Instant Pot to see what problems other people were having and how they were solving them. And there were a couple of recipes that had you barely cook the pork loin at all, like barely pressure cook it at all, and then just leave it in the keep warm setting for a while after that. And I was like, okay, wait, but now you're barely using the Instant Pot for the pressure cooking technique. It's mostly like turning it into kind of a slow cooker. Uh, and that was not exactly what I was going for, but it got me thinking about this keep warm function on the Instant Pot, and in particular, wondering about the carryover cook time that we might be able to get in that keep warm function. So we know when we roast a roast in the oven or use the Instant Pot air fryer, however we're cooking them, these larger pieces of meat tend to continue cooking as you take them out of the oven. They have so much heat inside of them that the temperature inside continues to rise even when they're not in the heat source anymore. So I was thinking, okay, what if they are still in a heat source, but not a very high heat source, can that bring them up to an even higher temperature? So the idea here is you would purposely cook your pork loin undercooked. So I think my recipe says it's like seven or eight minutes per pound. Instead, we're going to do five minutes per pound and then do a natural release for a good 10 or 15 minutes and then test the temperature. If it is a safe temperature over 145 degrees Fahrenheit, if that is what you like, then you're done. If it is not, you put the lid back on, you leave it on keep warm, and you check it again in five minutes. The wonderful thing is the testing that I've done, you can keep checking every five minutes or so, and it continues to work. So opening the lid does not make a difference here. You can just keep checking and get it right to that temperature. So if it's a little bit under, you leave it for a few minutes. If it's a little bit more under, you leave it for longer. So you're going to have maybe like a five to 15 minute kind of wait time there at the end to get it exactly where you want it. 
no more undercooked, no more overcooked, perfect pork loin. And I'm going to be testing this on a whole chicken in there. I want to test it. We have that crazy recipe on Cook the Story for frozen chicken breast cooked with rice that is super controversial. There are people who it works for every time and love it. And there are people who never works for it. There's a big disclaimer on the recipe warning people about this. I'm going to try it with that one too. And we are going to find out if this keep warm function on the Instant Pot can solve some of our Instant Pot problems. I'm very excited about this. I hope you are too. And I am also very excited to be talking with Heather Johnson about my other favorite appliance, not the Instant Pot. She does not like the Instant Pot at all. We are talking about the air fryer, why she loves it, cooking for one in the air fryer, and we have some great Super Bowl ideas for you too. So now here we have my conversation with Heather Johnson, the food hussy and author of the I Love My Air Fryer Cooking for One recipe book. Welcome back, my food hussy friend. Hi, thank you. <laughs> I am so excited to have you back on and to say congratulations on your new cookbook. I, lo- I love the title, the I Love My Air Fryer Cooking for One Recipe Book. It's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a big accomplishment. One of those bucket list things. Now yeah. I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check. Move it on. So yeah, not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. Your recipes are so great. You'll definitely do another book. So I want to know, it's right in the title. I love my air fryer. How did you fall in love with your air fryer? A few years back, I had gotten an instant pot and I just didn't like it. Like it was too much work and I couldn't figure it out. And it was just seemed like complicated to be like, oh, I got to like let it go and then let it. I was just it was too much work. And a friend of mine who's also a, a blogger, her blog is Plain Chicken. She's a good friend of mine. She was like, have you had an air fryer? You would use that yet? And I was like, no, I've heard of it. And this was kind of before it all like blew up. And she was like, oh, you got to get an air fryer. She's like, it is amazing. And so she recommended the Phillips air fryer to me, which was one of the most expensive ones. But you know, I was like, okay, and then I tried it. I've used it every day since. (laughs) I've used my air fryer every day of my life since that day. (laughs) It's just changed every I never use my oven like ever. Yeah, I know. I I, I still do use my oven, but I use my air fryer every single day as well. So what is it about the air fryer that you love the most? Like why? It cooks everything so so quickly. And I like that it's so contained and it's easy to clean. So it's like your pan and your oven all in one. You just, and you can clean it much easier, but it's just so much faster. Like I love baked potatoes, but every time I want a baked potato, I'm just like, I don't want to sit here for an hour waiting for an oven, you know? And so it's a half an hour in there and everything. I mean, my rule of thumb, you'll see air fryer cooking charts out there, but my rule of thumb is same temperature half the time. Mm -hmm. And because you can always add more time but you can't unburn something. And so (laughs) when I'm cooking stuff, if I've never cooked it in the air fryer before, I just start there of like whatever it says the oven temp would be. And then I do half the time. And most of the time I'm pretty close and maybe you open it up and you got to add another minute or two, but it's just so much faster. And the cleanup, it's so much faster and the cleanup. And I have to say on some things it's better. Oh yeah. Like it cooks better than the oven. It cooks better than a pan. It's the best. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, better than a pan. I feel sometimes a pan is better, but the air fryer's hands off. So the pan might have been 3% better to have done in the pan, but 
but like I have to stand there the whole time because it's like on my stove or whatever. Whereas the air fryer, pop it in. Mine has like a little timer, so it's going to turn off on its own too. Like I can set it for the 15 minutes and just walk completely away. (laughs) Well, I have to say chicken breast was probably the most life-changing thing in the air fryer. Like I will either marinate chicken breast or just salt, pepper, and rosemary on a chicken breast. I did three of them the other day in my air fryer. I have a big air fryer. And if you do a chicken breast on a pan, it is dry on the edges. And it's like, you can't get it right. Like the edges are burnt and dry. And then the middle's fine or the mid, you know, it's, it's just, Mm -hmm. and it's messy and the oven, it's just bland in the oven. Like it doesn't brown and it doesn't get any roasting in the oven in the air fryer. It's perfect. Every time 12 minutes. Like when I did all three chicken breasts, it took a couple minutes longer, mm-hmm. but like 12 minutes and it's perfect. And I ate some of that chicken because I was cooking it for recipes and cooking it for stuff and salads. Three days later, I ate some of the chicken. It was just as juicy and just as delicious mm-hmm. as it was mm-hmm. the first day. And yeah, I was yeah. like, you can't make a chicken breast better than that. Like it is perfect every single time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's something about it's that it doesn't need to be in the heat for as long to cook through. And so it doesn't dry out as much. And so you just end up with such great results. And then things like breading end up brown, like you get all that beautiful crunch and brown. I'm I'm obsessed with my air fryer and for reheating things like Pizza. Pizza. Like, (laughs) I actually do mine. I'm curious how you do yours. I do mine. I put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, like a slice of pizza, 15 to 30 seconds just to get the cold off. And then it goes in the air fryer to crisp up. What do you do? I just do air fryer for like three minutes, four minutes, depending on like how how many pieces I'm (laughs) reheating. And yeah, I just put it on reheat, but it's a lower temp and I let it go a little bit longer so that I'm not like burning the cheese and stuff like that. So... I'm going to just like interject to say specifically to listeners right now, people who listen to the show tend to love cooking and they probably already have an air fryer. And if not, I've heard a lot about one. I will put links to both of our favorite models in the show notes so that people can, if they haven't already gotten one or if they want to upgrade or or anything like that, they can go and get an air fryer if they don't have one because we're convincing them that they need one. Clearly. I'm obsessed with the Paula Deen air fryer. It's big. It's a 10 and a half quart. And I can make I can make chicken breast, vegetable, and french fries all in the air fryer all at the same time. So I can have my dinner, one pan, mm-hmm. and it's big enough. It's electric. So it's got the digital timer and mm-hmm. digital thermometer. I am just, I won't ever own anything else. I want to buy a second one in case this one breaks. Like, I just love it. So I, I've had only one kind always. I do have somebody who tests recipes for me in a different one so that I have testing into mine is like super bargain basement it is like $50 on Amazon it's the Secura 5.5 quart one and I just it fits like for for us like four chicken breasts no problem chicken thighs no problem if I'm doing like potatoes for four veggies for four it can't do like a whole dinner I can't do chicken veggies and potatoes in there but I can definitely do one entire component of the meal for four people in my little countertop non-stick basket it's just got a little dial literally $50 I mean it it goes up and down I think it's sometimes 80 and sometimes it's $40 on Amazon but it's like so cheap I love it yeah mine ranges between 120 and 180 depending on the day but it comes in red which I have all red little accents in my kitchen but Mm -hmm. Man, I just, I've done a whole chicken. 
I've done yeah. turkey breast. Like, you know, you can do, of course, I'm eating a whole chicken by myself, but <laughs> <laughs> small ham. Like, yeah. 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 Mine fits a um, medium ish chicken, but probably not a whole turkey breast. I don't know what size ham would go in there. Okay. I want to ask though. So the cookbook is specifically yes. cooking for one. So why is it? I mean, some of it's obvious, but tell me why is it so great for one? Well, the thing is, is I was approached about this cookbook and they wanted cooking for one, which was perfect because I am cooking for one. Like I do have my dogs and they taste test a little for me. But, you know, cooking for one, I was like, this is perfect. That's what I do every day. And so I think the thing that I when I went at this cookbook and I went to make it, I thought about like shortcuts or things like, okay, sometimes you'll use canned biscuits in a recipe. But when you have a can of biscuits, that's five to eight biscuits. And if you're cooking for one, like if I make a can of biscuits, I'm going to eat all five biscuits. (laughs) Whereas this, I was like, I don't want to, I'm cooking for one. I don't want to have leftovers or I don't want to say I'm going to eat five biscuits. And so I had to kind of like, sometimes I used bread for things to kind of like short, like I did hand pies, almost like the hostess pies, but I used bread instead of like a biscuit or thing, you know, puff pastry. Cause it's like, I'm not going to use like one little square of puff pastry. Like that doesn't make sense. And so same with eggs. Like sometimes you want to use, you need a half an egg. Well, when eggs are 10 bucks a dozen, you ain't going to use a half an egg. No. And so I did things like I put mayonnaise because mayonnaise is just eggs and oil. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, if I'm baking like eggs and oil, I'll just put mayonnaise, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I tried to keep that in mind. And so you weren't opening a can of biscuits to use one biscuit or you weren't wasting food, Mm -hmm. but yet you were also having a nice portion size for one person, one or two, like some of the baked goods, things like that. It might serve too, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to keep it in mind because there's nothing worse that as a food blogger, you know, and I'm cooking by myself, I made a meatloaf and I've been eating meatloaf for like seven days now. <laughs> and so I wanted it purposefully with this cookbook. It really is portions for one. And you can double and make it for two if you have a two person household. But like, it's nice for just one person to be like, okay, I want chicken Parmesan, but like, I don't want to have like chicken Parmesan from Olive Garden. Like I just want it for me. So yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I love that so much. And yeah, cooking for I mean, I cook for one quite often on my own and lunches. I'm home and I'm thinking also like my kids could probably get into a lot of these recipes because simple air fryer and they do crazy snack attack things, you know? Oh, I've had people tell me already. My best friend, her son is 19 and he lived in like a uh, state park all summer for his job and his air fryer was that's all they used all summer for cooking. And so I was like, here you go, T-Dog. Here's some cookbooks so you can (laughs) Have something other than pizza rolls all summer long. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like people are telling me like, I got this for my kid that's in college or I got this for my kid that just got their first apartment or my kids are going to use it when they get home. Like they can make themselves a snack or they can make themselves something. Or my friend Jen was saying that her and her husband or child all kind of eat differently. Like she's a vegetarian, her husband's not. And the kid, you know, wants chicken nuggets. And so to be able to have like, oh, I can have something, Mm -hmm. but it's just a portion for one, not like six. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Now you mentioned some snacks and the snack attacks that my kids are having. I know the Super Bowl is next weekend and there are some great snacks in here. What great air fryer Super Bowl treats do you have in mind? Oh my gosh. There is one of my favorites is bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Those are delicious, but I kind of did some 
something a little different than a lot of people liked is I put taco seasoning in the cream cheese. So it's cream cheese and cheese, but then I added taco seasoning and then you smear it in your half a pepper and wrap it in bacon. And it's like 12 minutes in the air fryer. And the nice thing about that is you can also use those mini sweet peppers and you can do the bacon or not do the bacon. Like it's kind of up to you. But the nice thing I like about it is if you're having game day, you can make up a big sheet of those you know, make a bunch of them up ahead of time, but then just cook them in batches. And so make one batch, throw 15 of them in the air fryer. Everybody noshes and eats those. And then an hour later, you throw another batch in the air fryer and you're not having to like, you don't have them all at once. And then they sit out and get cold and kind of like warm, a little funky looking, you know, you can always have the fresh ones that people can just go grab and put and pop them in the air fryer. I did pimento cheese sausage balls in the air fryer. Those are so good. And then I I did snack mix like Chex Mix and I made that overnight. I made that one night, 10 minutes, just shake it in the middle. I tossed um, Chex and pretzels and peanuts and stuff. And I tossed it in buffalo sauce and added some ranch seasoning. So it's a little spicy and then throw it in the air fryer and it's 10 minutes and it's done. I mean, lots of great game day snacks. I love those ideas. And I know what you're saying about the poppers in batches. I do, um, I'll actually, it's sort of a little different. I do my chicken wings on a big sheet pan in the oven and they get nice and crispy. But then I don't sauce them and then I reheat them in the air fryer just until they're like warmed and crispy again and toss them in sauce. And it's just such a great like, okay, now the buffalo ones are done. Now the teriyaki ones are done and they're like all hot at different times, you know? Um, Okay, so uh, I want to pivot. I think that there are some things in this book that might surprise some people. I know I have things that surprised me. What have you heard from people surprises them? I went on TV and I made a ribeye. They were all shocked. They're like, you made that in the air fryer and it came out perfect. And it was perfect, medium rare. It had a sear on the outside and it was so good. I mean, that that steak was gone in two seconds. And everybody's (laughs) like, I didn't think you could make a steak in there. Like they thought it would almost be like microwave, you know, like you can't do that. But I'm like, no, it works perfectly. It's great for any of that type, chicken, steak, salmon, like it's so good. And then also baking, like people wonder, I mean, I've made cakes, I've made bread in the air fryer and they're surprised at that like I made biscuits and um and it, again I made a portion for just two biscuits like I want biscuits but I don't want to eat the whole can so I made this little portion size for two and one of the one of my friends was like I don't know about biscuits and then they tried them and they was like those are really good and I was like oh, I know Yeah. And it's great for breakfast and desserts too, because you can use like ramekins, those little ceramic dishes. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect portion size. Plus it's also, it fits nicely in the air fryer. You can pick it up and grab it out easily. It's great for little desserts and little breakfasts that you can make in just one cup. Pick it up with oven mitts on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I burned myself in the air fryer because I bumped my hand or yeah. But yeah, no, I get those little I got those silicone little mitts that you put on your fingertips Mm -hmm. to pull them out of there. But yeah. Those ramekins are great in an air fryer. They're a fantastic tool because I've made pancakes. There was some video about making pancakes in the air fryer with like parchment paper that did not work. But I put them in. I made little silver dollar pancakes in ramekins. And uh, that recipe is in here. Bread pudding, lava cake, all that stuff is, is in there. And you can do it so easily in those little ramekins. 
I love these ideas so much. So first of all, I do think that people don't realize they can use different baking equipment in the air fryer. Are there rules of thumb on that? Is just anything that fits goes or? Goes in the oven and it fits. You can put it in the air fryer. If it can go in the oven, it can go in the air fryer. And as long as it fits, like I've used um, a cake pan or like a deep dish pizza pan. You have to obviously see the size of your air fryer. Mm-hmm. Mine fix fits about a six or seven inch pan. Um, and so I made like a banana cake in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've used, I made lasagna rolls the other day and made those in the air fryer. And you just add that recipes in here as well. And that was easier to have a dish to put them in rather mm-hmm. than trying to set them on the grate there. Mm-hmm. So no, that's brilliant. And if yeah. you have like, my grate that goes in the air fryer has like a little handle. If you if you're not frying something like that where you've got things that are going to drip down like you got in a pan, just take the grate out and just set the set your baking dish in the bottom of the air fryer. It doesn't right, it doesn't right, need right. that grate in there to to cook. So Right. Mine doesn't have that, but I I know exactly what you mean. Okay, so this is this is exciting. So ramekins, things like that can go in the air fryer absolutely. Do you have other like tools, things that pe- so people are getting their first air fryer or they have an air fryer already and they think they know everything what do they need to get also dollar tree is one of my favorite places and they have the best tongs <laughs> they're a dollar <laughs> and they're little and they're dollar tree tongs i use those things all the time and then an instant read meat thermometer that is your best friend in the kitchen um i've got a thermo thermo something um and it's a good thermo pen mm-hmm. um it was a hundred bucks but i tell you it's chefs have told me that is the uh, that is the thermometer that they use the instant read you can buy them for 10 or 15 bucks you can buy an instant read but i have a thermopen it was like 99 dollars, but it'll last me enti- my entire life and it's it's so nice because then you just pop that in the chicken breast in the salmon in whatever you're cooking and you don't have to wonder you don't have to cut it open you don't have to you don't you just look at it and go okay it's done pork chop done i'm done yeah i think and i think that's important for i think all of us need to remember with air fryer recipes recipes were, were online in cookbooks. There are so many different air fryer models and the different sizes. And then if you're doubling or tripling, and then if your chicken breast is eight ounces and I and mine was six ounces, like all of this is going on. So there are those variable times and having the thermometer and just knowing like, okay, I know this is good. Well, and that's the thing with chicken breasts. Like you can buy some of those like pre-packaged chicken breasts where you're buying them in a bag, they're all individually frozen. Some of those are like four ounces. They're mm-hmm. teeny tiny. And then if you get a package of chicken breasts at the store, they're like 10 ounces. They're like a whole bird. I know. And they're obviously a four ounce versus a 10 ounce is going to cook very, very differently. And the thickness of the chicken breast, you know, mm-hmm. some of those small ones are just super, they're all the same, but then the big giant chicken breasts are super thick and you've got to account for that. So yeah, just grabbing that thermometer, popping it in there. It's instant read. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to worry and you don't have to wonder. Yeah, no, those are great things. Well, thank you so much, Heather. This is so exciting. Congratulations again. Can you tell people where they can find your book? Yes, it is available at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at Books A Million. If you just look up the name, I Love My Air Fryer Cooking for One, or just Air Fryer Cooking for One Cookbook, you should find it. And right now I know it's on sale. So hopefully we'll keep that sale going. And it's a great it's a great option, 175 recipes, vegetarian, pork and beef, snacks, breakfast, desserts. It's all in there. So it's great. So great. Thank you so much. Thank you. This 
isn't Heather a blast? I cannot wait for you to see her cookbook. I'll put a link to that cookbook in the show notes, or you can head to cookthestory.com slash ROTD, and you will see the link to our conversation and all the links that we talk about are going to be there. So you just click on that picture of Heather and it will take you to all the links that we are talking about in this episode today. That is over at cookthestory.com slash ROTD. So what is going on in my kitchen and on my site? We have exciting testing going on this week that I am just in love with. We are continuing to test the cube steak. It's been a little bit trickier than we thought it would to make it really tender on the inside and crunchy on the outside, but I think we've got it. I have one more round of testing to do, and then we're going to have perfectly cooked cube steak, making use of that inexpensive cut of meat that is all over the grocery store. We're going to do that. And then the other thing that we're doing, less expensive cut of meat, this is with a skirt steak, we're doing a weeknight carne asada tacos. So we are looking at our classic carne asada recipe from Cook the Story, where you marinate the skirt steak for a long time in this kind of salty brine marinade, and then you're cooking it, you make this sauce, it's kind of this whole thing, it's more like a Saturday dinner, right? But what about for Taco Tuesdays, and you want this to be very quick and easy? So we are taking all those same flavors that are in the marinades and in the sauces, and using them in different ways, so that you can get that quick skirt steak, beautiful steak into tacos on just a Tuesday, right? So that has been really, really fun. And you know, the taste testing has been pretty great from that one too. And I can say we've definitely got beef on the mind over here lately. I'm not sure how this happened, but we do sometimes go on a little trend of investigating similar things. And so I can tell you that we finally have our results from our dry brining steak test done. This has been pretty extensive and we have tested steaks with different kinds of salt and different amounts of time, and we have found the best way to dry brine steaks that you get a lot of flavor, juiciness, tenderness, all of that in the least amount of time possible using the easiest tools, techniques possible. It is great. That is now up on cookthestory.com, and I will be telling you about it on this show soon, probably. No, looking ahead at my calendar, it is not on the calendar yet. I need to write that down probably for a Saturday at some point, but I can tell you this week, okay, spoiler alert, some delicious things coming your way. We're doing a spiral cut stuffed pork loin roast. We're doing some taco stuffed shells. Uh, there is a National Chopsticks Day in our future that has some Chinese garlic chicken. And if you've got a can of cranberry sauce left over from the holiday season in your pantry, I have an amazing way for you to use that up. So that is what I've got coming for you in this podcast feed recipe of the day. To get the links to all of the recipes that I talk about, head to cookthestory.com slash ROTD. And it's always a good idea to just bookmark cookthestory.com. Anytime you're searching for any recipes, the search bar on that site is super great. You will find what you're looking for. We have thousands of recipes there. So if you like my recipes, bookmark cookthestory.com and use that as your place to search for recipes, leave comments and ratings when you love the things that you make. Let me know what you're making, what you're loving. I really like the feedback tips, things that you do that are different. All of that is great stuff and really helps us creating these recipes and making sure that they are perfect every time for you. And with that, I will be back in your podcast feed tomorrow morning with another delicious recipe. I'm Christine Pittman from Cook the Story, The Cookful, and this podcast recipe of the day, Let's Get Cooking. Cooking.